0: I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Calves on the Basketball Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Calves on Sunday night, post-game. Game against Minnesota ended about 10 minutes ago now, and uh, that that's a very hard one to swallow, you know, to be completely honest. We were going back and forth and back and forth with them in in those last minutes where the Cavs actually got the stops they needed in those last two minutes. Could not grab a defensive rebound. They opted for the closing lineup to be Lopez, Stevens, Osman, Garland, and Okoro, which I am completely okay with. Okoro was showing his defensive chops tonight. Stevens finally got out there and played effectively, and Mobley had been getting beat on the boards. They wanted more size with Lopez. That's fine. Some people were writing on Twitter. They didn't like that. They're allowed to have that opinion. I thought it was fine. My issue is that when we were down three with six seconds, the inbounds pass from Kevin Love was terrible. Tipped, stolen, and that was the game. So the fact that Darius Garland scored 27 points in the fourth quarter will not be talked about as a major headline tomorrow. We talked about it in Cleveland, and it will be mentioned, but the fact that we didn't pull off the comeback, <clears throat> it's tough. And look, Donovan Mitchell wasn't playing. Jared Allen wasn't playing. Dean Wade wasn't playing. And we're missing guys. Rubio's not back yet. But the fact of the matter, this does now mark four straight Cleveland losses. It's a losing streak that's not created like other losing streaks. We came into it with an eight and one mark. Now we've shifted to you know eight and five. But it's tough, man. The Cavs were getting destroyed most of this game. I had some a few thoughts about possibly tuning out, knowing good and well that I would do that. Stayed for the whole thing. I mean, I had a had a gut feeling the Cavs would come back at some juncture in the back of my mind. You know, we don't forget the Dante Exum game where he just came out of nowhere and absolutely lit things up, couldn't miss, had that unbelievable third quarter. The Cavs didn't peak too early. They peaked at the right time. Garland scored 27 as just just mentioned. 27 in the fourth quarter. He's him. 51. LeBron James has scored 50 plus nine times. Kyrie did it twice. Walt Wesley also did it once against the Cincinnati Royals in a game back in the early 70s that the Cavs won at 125 to 109. And crazy thing about Walt Wesley, his career averages were 8-8. Eight and eight. The other guys on that list are all very high-efficiency scores, so he's kind of our Corey Brewer, our Tony Delk, if you will. Our Terrence Ross, even. I dare to throw Terrence Ross into this conversation. And Darius became the force, and it stinks. He's the only one that hasn't won a 50-point game. You know, Wesley led his team to the win. Irving's 55, got the Cavs that crazy win over the Spurs. LeBron had that 57-burger against the Wizards, that crazy overtime. You know, last-second turnaround three, which people are still talking about today. It's hard to lose those games. It's very hard to lose those games, and... The fact of the matter is we had our chances in those last moments. Garland missed two very unfortunate free throws amidst this crazy scoring stretch. Can't blame him. He was doing it all. He made, what, 10 threes on 16 attempts in all, 51 points and six assists in 40 minutes. He didn't have Mitchell or Allen. Levert scored 13, but didn't play much in the fourth. He was ineffective. Kevin Love shot three of 11. Lamar had his moments, five of 10. As a team, the Cavs are 27 of 39 at the line. Garland missed four free throws. Evan Mobley was two for six. We can criticize Garland's late missed free throws, but not without talking about Evan Mobley missing the other ones early on. Neto looked horrible. He He had a Joel Anthony stat line with all zeros, also the Tony Snell special, as it's now come to be known as. You can't miss 12 free throws in a game like this. This is a tough one. On the other side, I listed my keys to the day uh, very simply. I tweeted them today, half serious, half not. <laughs> Make sure Rudy Gobert starts and score more points. Obviously, I had to score more. That's more of just a... Rudy Gobert's not fitting well with Minnesota. And... Today, he did have some good moments, 15 and 12, flexed on Kevin Love after scoring over him, which is a little funny given the size disparity and how each guy does play, but he had 15 and 12, Cat had 29 and 13, it was D'Angelo Russell, once known as a snitch, once known as the guy with ice in his veins, Mr. Clutch, dancing it up in Brooklyn later on, then he was on the Warriors, people questioned his fit. Got traded to Minnesota for Wiggins, and they had that play on the team's last game where he didn't get back on defense. Just kind of stood at the scores table. Comes in tonight, <clears throat> excuse me, one of three double-doubles that they had. He had 30 points and 12 assists. He was plus 19, 11 of 13 from the floor. Did miss those two late free throws, very surprisingly. But he had himself a game. He really did impress. Actually, he made the second one, rather. Torian Prince hit the big free throws at the very end. He had 19 in all 10 of his free throws. Jordan McLaughlin is a guy that the had the Wolves broadcast, and they talked about as being the one quick enough to shadow Garland. He had six assists in just 14 minutes, plus seven. The Minnesota point guards really did a good job. 18 combined assists over the course of the game. And we don't have that with with Mitchell out, Rubio out. Cavs were eight and one, but we face the truth now: we're eight and five. We're not going to beat everybody. We learned that now. Zero and four in this four-game West Coast swing, but they're better than a four-game losing streak. Let's go back to 2013, 14. This is the season I always like to refer to. Cavs had that six-game winning streak, and in doing that. Got out of the gutter and snuck into the eight C conversation. They were probably never going to make it, but they were in the conversation. And unfortunately, you know that winning streak was the byproduct of losing six straight right before and being tired of it. So they were just back to five hundred from the previous six game stretch. Those six, seven, eight game winning streaks matter a lot in the middle of a season when. You are consistently toward 500. You know, you're at least kind of up, but whatever. It's four straight losses now, but we just have to talk again about Darius Garland. 16 of 32 for the game, which means he was only six of 16 inside the arc. Had some incredible moments, 27 in the fourth quarter. And with all this, he only turned the ball over twice. Cavs as a team had just 10 turnovers. They did take care of it. They were just long stretches. They couldn't get stops. Minnesota shot 56%, grabbed 11 offensive rebounds. Certainly too many in the fourth quarter, but the Cavs had 16 offensive rebounds. They had that extra technical free throw from McDaniels when he fouled out. What did hurt the Cavs, most certainly, I don't know why Minnesota got two free throws for it, the Darius Garland's technical foul after his buzzer beater three in the first half. Torian Prince shot not one but two free throws. Looking right now at the box score, I only see one. Now, unless the I think unless the Cavs bench got one too. He got two free throws. They made both. There's just there's too many moments to count. You can't pinpoint one moment. But again, Kevin Love, what the heck? They probably would have fouled whoever caught the ball, but if they did, it's not that improbable that. You get the missed free throw, offensive rebound, cleanup, basket. It just stinks we didn't get the last shot or the last opportunity after everything the Cavs had to go through to make it to the final stages of the game. This one's going to sting. It will. We're going to wake up tomorrow and going to think about our Cavs and it, they'll have lost four contests in a row. All against Western Conference teams. Look at the schedule for this week and – only three games. They do have a couple days off. Uh, but I'm not loving this next six stretch, given that we just lost four. We got the Bucks on Wednesday. Hornets on Friday. Heat on Sunday. Hawks Monday. Blazers. Or that's next, Monday, the 21st. We got the Blazers before Thanksgiving. Bucks on Black Friday, just finishing out the month. And we got the Pistons on the 27th, a back-to-back going over the border. Face the Raptors. Let's see how Gary Trent's eye is looking when that one ends. No. Still mad at him. I think that was a dirty play, but don't want him to actually have an injury like that. And we finished the month with the Sixers. So that's nine games left in November. You know, we'll see. After that, you got Magic, Knicks, Lakers, Kings, Thunder, Spurs. That's a stretch where they could win a lot. So, you know, we'll we'll see what, what happens, how things continue going forward. No transactions today in Cavs history. A quiet day for the franchise. They've never made a move on this day. November 12th, 1970, we signed Larry Mikan. And just looking ahead to tomorrow, Cavs waived John Morton on November 14th, 1991. He played 37 games his first year, 66 in his second. Four games, the, right before he got waived, before finishing his time with Miami, Morton played two games for the Cavs in the 89-90 playoffs against the 76ers, who they lost to in five games. That was a series where they went 2-0 at home, 0-2 on the road. And The final three games were all decided by single digits, or double digits, rather. And in that last game, Morton played, Brad Daugherty had 25. Morton got three minutes in that last contest at the end when it was out of reach. Mark Price made the teams only three, finished with 19. Howard Williams didn't start, but finished with 20 and 13. We let Hersey Hawkins score 39. They had Mahorn and Barkley together. I actually did not know that Rick Mahorn spent a couple of years with the Sixers and then finished with them too. Rick Mahorn with... Charles Barkley, the round mound of free pound and Mahorn together, McNasty. Oh, to watch those games again. I saw a couple of future Cavs there. One, Scott Brooks. Bob Thornton played 12 minutes. But also in that one, Barkley at 18 and 19. Johnny Dawkins at 14 assists. It was Hawkins times Dawkins. Not to get caught up in one game. From 33 years ago, just finishing back out on tonight's game. It's disappointing, you know, to see that loss. Especially because the Cavs fought back so valiantly before ultimately succumbing to the defeat. You're not going to win every game. That's life in the NBA. But Darius Garland should be talked about by everybody tomorrow. He's had some bad games. He had a one field goal game, but with Mitchell out, he stepped up 51 Was an absolute beast on the court. And it's not going to go unnoticed, but it won't get as much attention as it deserves because the Cavs didn't lose their fourth in a row. Now, my question, what will be a bigger headline? Garland scores 51 or Cavs drop fourth in a row? Because they both have merit. It's not Garland's fault. There were guys out, road trip, travel, time zone change earlier start six o'clock there's a lot of factors but nba teams deal with this that's life in the big leagues they're paying you tens of millions in some cases hundreds of millions for a reason so get up play hard and just get the win please so if the Cavs do lose to the bucks on wednesday the bucks have the best record so far if they lose that one then that's five in a row this has to end so we'll see what ultimately transpires in that one. But that will bring us to the end of today's episode. It's a short one. We'll have some guests for you coming up. So I'm Zach Weiss. This has been the latest edition of Across the Cavs, and we will speak very soon.